Oh my god. What a weekend. NHL playoffs. It's amazing. So many game sevens. And I just like, I, I don't know what happened. Um, LA Kings. Sucks. Sucks. They, they had a good year. I don't know if they're going to get back anytime soon. But Matthew Kachuk and these Calgary Flames are for real. I think they're a very good team. Uh, a very good team. But they're a very good team, yes. And they play the Oilers, the Battle of Alberta, which hasn't been a real battle, I guess, since uh, 91, they're saying, or some year like that. I was born that year. Yeah, so uh, 30 years. And maybe 31. I'll be 31 uh, in October. So crazy. Um, The Oilers, 49 game winners over the year. The Flames, 50 game winners over the year. So pretty close. Um, And you have the other Western Conference final. Of course, the Blues, St. Louis. Um, Who many are like, well, they don't have Tory Krug. And I'm like, well, you know, that's definitely a key piece. You'd like him for this uh, playoffs, playoff experience in Boston. Much of it, actually, quite a bit. Uh, how many cups did he get over there? Two? One? I don't know. Maybe none. Uh, but it doesn't matter. It just He's been there. He knows how to do it. And he's a good, good player for the Blues. But he's hurt. He's out. So what do they do? They don't really have a predominant defender. Like, you hear about, like, certain teams, you know, they just have, like, that guy. And the Blues might not have that guy. I just, I don't know. I haven't seen a ton of Blues hockey this year, but I know that last night was game one. I should have done this podcast, like, Sunday or Monday, recap the weekend. I think I'm going to start doing that. Maybe, uh, like, every Monday morning, just, like, go over in my sports uh it's called sports meditation, and everyone just is uh, relaxing and enjoying my insights that are just incredible insights. You wouldn't get anywhere else. Uh, yeah, for sure. So anyway, um, that's a big series, Battle of Alberta, and then, of course, the Blues, who are playing the Avalanche, I didn't mention, uh, because Colorado is a really good team. Oh, my gosh, one of the best. Um, how many games did they win? 56, yeah. The only team in the playoffs that has more, that had more wins in the regular season was the Florida Panthers, who were in the East, of course, playing the Lightning. So we have a battle of Alberta and a battle of the state of Florida. So I'm just, um, I'm, I'm enjoying the playoff season. NBA too, don't forget, I'll talk about that in a second. But the St. Louis Blues better figure out something to do. Because I was watching that game last night. I haven't seen a sorrier bunch offensively. Where was Tarasenko? I, I think I just, like, I saw him for, like, a minute maybe. He was just irrelevant the whole third period. It's like, when you need your guys to step up, especially in a playoff game, especially on the road, you'd like to get one win on the road. If you get one win on the road, I believe you can then make a real push, you know, to the cup and things fall into place. you got to get that road win. However that looks, game two, another opportunity. Was it the cup year in 2019 when the St. Louis Blues um, lost game one and then won game two in Boston, I believe? Something like that. 
and uh, turned out okay. So maybe this, is, this series will be much like that. Who knows? Um, and now that they've got that playoff experience, um, I'm not giving up on them yet. Tough series, long series, but the Avs are inexperienced at this time of year. They're a lot of fun to watch. Nate McKinnon, great year. Um, just tremendous offense. I mean, what did they have, like 56 shots last night? 57, 58 shots? The Blues had, like, in the 20s, maybe, like, lower 30s. It wasn't even close. And, by the way, the goalie, outstanding game. What can you say about Jordan Bennington? And if he could just get that one defenseman to make a play, you know, I think you would have seen a different game. They weren't even finishing their checks. It was such a sluggish brand of hockey from them last night. I'm like, at this point, and I was, I was going to predict the Blues in six. Now, I don't even know, man. I, I still might take them in seven, but I don't know about six. And, and six is a serious number in St. Louis. It's a very serious number because, of course, when the Cardinals score six, you win by getting your 35-cent drink at On The Run by Mobile, which is a fantastic gas station in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Uh, and they have a couple in Columbia, too, so I was taking advantage. Um, not that I really ever did, but if I did, I would remember... I had a boss, actually, one time, a big Cardinal fan. He was he was like, he was like, hey, did you get your free drink? He was like going around the office making sure everyone got their free drink. Shout out to that guy. I hope he's doing well. Um... Free drinks are great, yeah. Free drinks are great. Um, and uh, I miss QT, who's really uh, expanded, by the way. QT, the company, great gas station, had an arena named after them in Kansas City. Uh, all the way down to Georgia now. I was like, wow, look at this. Look at QT. Making a lot of uh, inways. I believe there's a couple in Florida, too. And North Florida, of course. That's a very good gas station. Always count on when you're going south, when you're going to Missouri... Maybe it was the fraternity flow trip in 2012 or 2013. And nothing feels quite like Missouri when you hit the state border. You stop in a QT right across the, <laughs> right across the bridge. Um, I believe somebody else mentioned that before. And uh, it's, it's very true. That's, uh, that's when you know you're home. Um, and uh, so who cares about drinks? I'll talk about the Cardinals in a second, but I mean NHL playoffs as I turn the bicep down because that is Justin Turner's walk-up song, by the way. And I did a podcast with this song maybe back in uh, like February or maybe it was December. Could have been January. I'm not sure. And I played that like in the background uh, by uh, Apricots by Bicep. And I'm like, you know, no one's going to even know this song which you know the licensing's not a big deal because i i own i i have a thing in itunes like i have an account that should be good it's kosher um but the problem uh is if you're like a napster person you get all your music for free then you're screwed um and you don't have any licensing and you don't have any you know way to get any podcasts out or if you use music um however you still could they could just flag them and take them down the point is um I didn't think anybody would even know that song. Justin Turner, JT, Red Turn 2, as he's called on Twitter, the Dodgers. Uh, Yeah, JT is uh, big on that song. It's his uh, favorite at-bat song. He's walking up to the plate. And so 
That's interesting because I don't feel like I walk up to the plate when I do a podcast at all. No. This is like I feel like I'm in the press box, you know? That's it. Just a broadcaster. Just in the press box. I had my lunch. I had my free wings, even though I paid for them last night at a local establishment here in, in Chicago, in the Chicagoland area. And uh, they, they were okay wings. I, I was thinking about it, too, uh, just like briefly last night. There's so many good chicken places uh, as you go south. Not a ton in the north. It's just like, uh, you know, there's like certain parts of the country where you'd expect like a nice chicken dinner, you know. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. You can't really go wrong anywhere in the south. And uh, in Chicago, I'm like, well, I got to find a good chicken place. And it may, it, it's it's more of a difficult search than people uh, than people realize. It's uh, I mean, there's less Chick-fil-A's up here. There's only like two Raisin Cane's, which... Are they rivals? I don't. I don't even know. Are they? I got. They have different sauces. People are like, oh, well, I prefer the raisin sauce. Oh yes. Well, you know the Chick Fil A sauce just always did it for me, and I am a loyal patron. I'm like, well, that's off to you, man. Uh, and I love Chick Fil A. Um, I don't eat it a ton. I probably have McDonald's more, which uh, you know, I, I don't know how healthy either one of like the chicken sandwiches are, but Chick Fil A is more for like 440 calories, including the bun which is nice. Uh, why am I talking about this? I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> I had my lunch at the, at the press box here in, in my uh, studio. And, um, you know, it's, it's just as like, um, what do you, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, put together. It's, it's just like when, uh, the, the hockey team plays and then it's also a basketball arena. So you have to, uh, put the rug back on the ice and then you have to uh, put the flooring and put all the wood together and make the basketball court make sure the hoops are in good position you got to get your guys out there uh, measure everything make, make sure everything's up to standards um uh and then somebody's gonna walk by and say where's the permits <laughs> just kidding it's your building i would hope that you hire uh a union uh, team to compile this wood court but here it is nice wood court on top of a hockey arena and that's like my studio because I call it my studio, but it's it's just a living room. Uh, but I'm not the only one that does this. Many people, and there's a lot of makeshift studios out there. I'm not the only one, but I, I I'm not. The point is, uh, if there is a point, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not in my studio apartment, so when I say studio, uh, I have to differentiate. Um, just in like a recording, yeah, yeah, recording studio. That's that's the difference. And it's much like a press box, not like Justin Turner. I'm not up to bat, not hitting anything. I don't have a bat, and um, it would be very hard for me to hit anything without a bat, yes. And uh, <laughs> I just uh, I, I commend him for playing that as his ad-bat music because it's a great song, and everyone should know it. Um, he's from Northern Ireland, uh, Bicep, the DJ. Yeah, I could have a whole spiel on, on like DJs that are underplayed, one, like just the best DJs that... I know that maybe not everybody does, and also I think I should teach a class on music because at Missouri <laughs> there's this early level, early level um, general education like humanity that you can take, and I hope that people still take it. But I think the professor changed, and it was called music, jazz, pop, and rock. And I might have talked about it before, like way back in the day. And yeah, so it's a good course. And um, what am I saying? this for well i think we should extend that and because he he stopped in like i don't know the 80s or something or maybe no i don't even think he got to grunge bro he didn't even get to grunge 
I would go a step further and talk about EDM. And I could do, I could do that. I've talked about it before. Um, never going into detail, never typing up uh, a lesson plan uh, nor curriculum because well, first you'd have to probably have a few lessons and then you can go into curriculum, but uh, not a curriculum, a class. It's just a class, just a course plan, syllabus. I could, I could compile a syllabus. I could type up a little syllabi real quick. Um, and uh, I, I was just thinking about it. Like I would extend on the music, jazz, pop, and rock because he explored everything. He went back to like the days of yodeling and how that evolved into this, into country, into bluegrass, and it was a great course. But today, I would want to extend on that. And, and you know how they have like the the history of America, like eighteen hundred. Like that's like an early level class. Early level. I keep saying early level. That's not the term they go by. They say electives. Sorry. And then there's two of that catalog, right? There's like the um, American history, eighteen hundred, uh, like after the Civil War, so like nineteen fourteen, and then there's like America. Um, and then like the level two of that class, I don't know why I say level two, uh, but like the second part of that course, which you could take either one, I believe most majors, you know, I should just be an admissions advisor. You know, I was looking at that position the other day. I kid you guys not. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I should teach a class where there's like the jazz pop and rock can be the first part. And the second part could be music that, that postdates that. Right. So it like, uh, postdates that, um, that um that sequels that is that the right verbiage i feel like i just have did not get much sleep last night it's not good um and i would go from like grunge start with grunge i mean i would do a little recap you know from last semester uh what he was talking about uh or, or what you may have missed from the music jazz pop and rock course and then i would go right into uh you know how that where he left off in the 80s and the electronic music that came from like the punk scene after the punk scene and uh and just got on to grunge and then some um dance music i I think they just call it club right in the 90s into what we call edm from like the 2008 to 2000 and i don't know the edm's dead now but it's definitely not uh you know it's it's not where it used to be um maybe in europe it still is Uh, and in fact, I'm sure it is. But in this country, no, it is not where it was. Ultra got a lot of crap. There was like a lot of people that were like, oh, these kids just want to come down to Miami and do drugs. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'd say like that's 50% true, at least. But for the other people that just like the music, you know, many people have no, never even been to a festival. Many people have never even been to a festival and they just like the music. You know, I, I was at... Uh, like a rabbinical course right and these you know hasidics uh they love edm so i'm telling you it it could be i could put that in the lesson plan how edm evolved like what was the nature behind it and like why was it just getting big as the financial crisis had sprung in this country like some let's say the crash and like oh eight oh nine and then it's like well then why do we start partying our aces off doing all these like electronic dance music festivals when uh, there's no more coke on wall street <laughs> okay i don't know it's just kind of funny i think that the timing of it would be great and i could like do more research and put together a lesson plan but i'm not going to do that for free i gotta at least have a position uh that i think i could get or like in 
actively being interviewed for. And that's just not the direction that I should take right now as my right foot falls asleep. It's just not, it's not sustainable. I, I would do it. I would like to do it. I think that the economy of music is interesting as well. And just how certain music gets big at certain times and what that indicates about, you know, the economy and the overall feel of society. But I, I could go on about this. Um, but yeah, Justin Turner, great, great job picking, picking your at bad music. Anyway, I just wanted some background music. Honestly, I just wanted some background music so I could talk about hockey, um, the NHL playoffs. And it's been 16 minutes. I really haven't delved too much into the NHL playoffs, so let's get back to that. Yeah, okay. Um, Lightning and Panthers Battle of Florida. Okay, let me just uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Truncate uh, much of the in-depth and go right to my prediction. Here, for this one, Battle of Florida, I like the Lightning. I like their playoff experience, much like I like the Blues playoff experience. It's, it's a little bit different because the Lightning have actually played pretty deep but past couple years where the blues have you know gone in the first round following the cup year um i think the lightning have a lot to to play for like i said florida's really western florida um you know all the way down to naples it's like they've really rallied behind these lightning uh this this lightning bunch and they're winning games it's a lot of fun um loud electric crowd electric like the lightning bolts um and the panthers won more games in the regular season very good team but I just like the Lightning this time of year. I think this is where Tampa, uh, this is where they, this is where they make their money. And um, you know, I, I wish the Panthers luck, but I just don't see how they're going to win this series. I'm going to take the Lightning in five, um, but it could well be six. I mean, the Panthers played a tremendous brand of hockey all year. I was very surprised by it, as were many. But they've got some young, uh, good young, uh, good young talents that I think will be fun. Uh, in the years to come, much like the Oilers. So as I stay away from the Rangers Kane series, because I, I, I would be too excited to talk about it. I mean, no, I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. But first, the Oilers are, are very much like um, reminding me of the Florida Panthers. The Oilers look like that young team. The difference is, uh, I, I think for this series against the Flames, for the Oilers, the difference is neither team has been there, right? Flames haven't been there. Uh, they won 50 games in the regular season, but they haven't played deep in the playoffs anytime recently. So, you know, the difference, like if Flor- if the Panthers were playing the Flames, the Panthers would definitely, I think, have an advantage. But they're, you know, playing the Lightning, who have all the playoff experience in the world um, and and just are hungry to win, as they have been for like the past five years. So anyway, the Oilers, the Oilers, though, are much like the young and exciting Florida Panthers. And I think they're better. They have Connor McDavid. So Leon Dreisaitl is no slouch. They had a really good series, um, you know, against a Kings team that had some playoff experience. Was not quite the same uh, Kings team that we've seen, you know, like back in 2013, 2014 with those cup years. But it was a good King uh, Kings team. And like I said, shout out to them for having a great regular season. Um, and for taking it to game seven, that's not an easy task, especially against Connor McDavid and those Edmonton Oilers who I'm cheering for to beat the flames. Even though I love St. Louis, uh, St. Louis product, Matthew Kachuk, right? Love Matthew Kachuk, Keith, hope Keith's doing well. Shout out to big Keith. But I think, uh, this game, it's going to be kind of like 
the game last night where the St. Louis Blues offense didn't show up. But I think these are two high-powered offenses that both will show up, but who will be better? And I like the Oilers in this because I just think they're proven, and I think they've gotten some playoff exposure the past couple of years. And now it's kind of like it's kind of like when Ryan Gretzky was in like year two or three, and and it's just like it's like their time, you know, it's like their time. Like they're gonna they're gonna have to do something good. And I look at the goals per game, pretty much even. Uh, goals against per game, basically the same. Save percentage. Now Calgary's got a great goalie. Calgary's got a very good goalie, but uh, is that gonna is is that gonna be uh, a factor when you know the Oilers just get shots on net? That's what they do. So, like, yeah, the goalie's gonna have to play good for for Calgary to have a chance. And I like this one for the Oilers actually in seven because I do think that. Uh, the goal play is going to be huge for Calgary, um, and it's really going to extend that series. But I also think you know Edmonton could very easily win in like six games. Just their offense is so good. I, I really don't know, but I'm going to take Edmonton in seven. Uh, but I wish you know the Flames well and Gaudreau, man. Oh my God, that game seven. He was just like uh, he couldn't get anything. He couldn't get anything. Had some really good shots. Dallas goalie was outstanding. Um, and he was all postseason. The goaltending play from Dallas was second to none as far as the first round goes. But when it comes down to it, you know, they're going to find a way. And they did. And Gaudreau, you can only miss so much before something goes in. Gaudreau finally got it. Um, I was really happy for them. Um, so anyway, I think that, that one could go, definitely go seven games, but I wouldn't be surprised also if Edmonton did it in six, but I like this series. I think it's a lot of, uh, fun and excitement for that province of Canada known as Alberta. Okay. So I told you guys, I would talk about the Rangers big on the Rangers, 52 game winners in the regular season, couple, uh, behind, you know, the hurricanes, they did win 54 games. But when I look at this series, I just think. Who's going to show up on offense for the Rangers? Who's going to be a difference maker? And there's a lot of guys that can do it. Um, I was really uh, impressed, obviously, in Game 7 by Zibanejad. I think he had great play. Uh, there was a lot um, on on uh, Cop. You know, like Cop just showed up and played. There's just different guys for the Rangers that are showing up when they need them most. And Igor is always pretty good to have in net. Yeah, for sure. So I uh, I like the Rangers in this one. I don't know a lot about uh, you know the Justin Falkless uh, Carolina Hurricanes. I keep I keep wanting to say Panthers. It's not the Panthers, bro. It's Hurricanes. Here comes the story of the Hurricane. Um, supposed to be uh, supposed to be what was he supposed to be? Uh, number one contender. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we're not going to talk about the story of the hurricane, uh, but uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Sebastian Aho, 44 assists, uh, led the team by far, and uh, he had 37 goals during the regular season. He's a big center, and uh, the Rangers are going to need their big center to show up. Now, I don't know who that big center is off the top of my head. 
Could be anybody. Could be anybody. But I'll tell you what. Chris Kreider's going to have to have a big series, of course. Artemi Panarin is going to have to have a big series. But I think, I really think the difference might be Igor. I think when you uh, talk about stopping shots the way he did in the uh, three-overtime game, you know? Um, and then Gorgiev got, when did Gorgiev play? It was a few games Gorgiev played. And is he going to have to play that much again in the series? I hope not. I really hope not. I mean, that would be huge uh, to have Igor um, manage the game. Um, Hopefully the defense won't let him down. But if he can manage to stay in the game, not give up more than four goals, and he's not playing against Crosby, so that's a plus. I like the Rangers in six, man. I like the Rangers in six. I don't know if it's going to happen like that. I'm a little biased. I, of course, like the Rangers uh, in four if they could do it, but I don't. I don't know that's going to happen. I'll, I'll give the I'll give the Canes, uh, not the Miami Hurricanes, but the Carolina Hurricanes. I'll give them a couple games. I think it's a couple uh, wins for them, maybe one there, and, and maybe they sneak away with one at MSG or something. But I think the Rangers ultimately get it done in six. And I think it's going to be a crazy good Eastern Conference uh, finals with the Rangers and the Lightning. I, just what I think. I could be wrong. It could it could be the Hurricanes and the Panthers. I don't know. It might get confusing if, if that's the case because people are going to be like, oh, why is the Miami Hurricanes playing hockey? It's like, no, you idiot. It's the Carolina Hurricanes playing against the Florida Panthers. Yeah, we just flip-flop because Carolina for football is the Panthers. So that would be very confusing for folks. And I think NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman is well aware of that uh, possibility. So he's paid off the refs and uh, – you know, the leak so that this will not happen. And so I guess that would, and because I'm saying this, it probably will happen, but um, no, I don't know. It, that's a, that's a good one. Think about it. Carolina, Florida, flip-flop teams, hockey, football. Um, yeah. I, I, I would like to see the lightning do it in six. I think they will actually, I, I said five, but I think definitely for sure by six. And the Rangers probably, that's kind of my guesstimate there too. Um, the Blues and Avs, I, I, I want to stay away from predictions, like I said, but I think if you can look at the playoff experience, and I want to say the Blues in, in six, but I think the Blue, like I said, the Blues in seven would be just fine. And, of course, uh, all these predictions, I don't know. This is really a... Uh, a good round especially with every game going to game seven like every series practically in the first round going to game seven it's going to be really interesting i mean this is uh quite the time to uh turn on the nhl playoffs if you have not and uh the nba playoffs wow wow i've talked for like 26 minutes without a break running low on saliva it's not good take a break and then i'll talk about nba playoffs and uh what i saw over the weekend in the sport of baseball because it is the summer technically in some places for sure but really still the spring and uh you know baseball's back certain towns are going showing up like usual certain towns just aren't there yet maybe because too many people are in school and you know, no one cares about this team or that team, whoever they're playing against. But like certain cities, the attendance is down a little bit, but not a whole lot. So there hasn't been a lot of difference, which is good from a baseball 
uh, economy standpoint because of the lockout that kind of transpired at least set us back a week i guess it ultimately is what happened but you know i think uh for certain teams this is not what they would have liked to see by now results wise and maybe i'll talk about that and just some weekend takeaways let me take a quick break and uh regroup here yeah um I said I'd talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs. Let me first say, Luka Doncic is for real. Shout out to the Dallas Mavericks. Getting it done. Cubans boys. Um, not, not Cuban boys. No, no. Mark Cuban, the man, his group has played tremendously well. Um, and many are saying, well, maybe the Rockets. Uh, sorry, the Rockets. Yeah, maybe Akeem Olajuwon. No. Um, I'm, I'm talking about another team, kind of in the West, but but a little further West, uh, more retirees in this part of town. And we're talking about Phoenix and the Suns. And the Suns maybe just weren't that good. Chris Paul might be a little old. Right? Isn't that? I, th- I think so. I think that's a possibility. Of course, they have a very young uh, player. He's kind of good. Um, but uh, we're not going to talk about Devin right now because he's really good. And he'll be back, and who knows about Chris Paul. But the point is, uh, Dallas had to go to seven games, and I guess a lot of people around D-Town were like, how for real are these Mavs? Can they pull this off? The Suns were just in the playoffs. Uh, the playoffs, of course. They were just in the championship game last season. Of course, Giannis beat them, got the MVP, yada, yada, yada. The Suns were looking uh, like they'd get back. Most thought they would. The Mavs came in with a point, and Luka Doncic showed the freaking world um, why he's the best uh, European player in the NBA right now. Uh, I guess Giannis is technically European, but uh, he gone. Uh, no, he's not. He's not gone. He's just not still playing because they let some lead slip away in Boston, and the Bucks are uh, are going to be golfing right now and or maybe catching up with their family um you know the bucks had a good year hopefully they'll be back next year i I do like the bucks a little bit i've had the pleasure of going to a couple bucks games now and i think it's a lot of fun up up in milltown and i gotta say i I thought the bucks were really uh destined to repeat but um jason tatum cbc cadet st louis product played a really good game and um you know, there's some other Celtics that probably had good games as well, but I won't mention them. Uh, and uh, good for good for them. But uh, like I said, the game that I was most surprised about was that game seven. And I should be more surprised about the Bucks, but the Mavs just really didn't show throughout that series they they were the better team at all. And in fact, most thought they weren't, except in Dallas. They're like, "Where's Doncic? Thought he was MVP caliber. Why isn't he showing?" And he showed up and the entire team showed up and uh and uh you know mr brunson showed up and mr brunson you know shout out to stevenson high school uh doing big things up in linkshire well jalen uh great game they were up like 40 points at halftime i mean it wasn't even close and so that was like a, a statement game and so now they get to go to the next round and I'm happy to announce, uh, as if it's impacting me somehow, but they're playing the Warriors, Steph Curry's Warriors, and that should be a great series. Look, I think uh, 
very good teams in the regular season. 53 wins for Golden State. 52 for D-Town. Um, Golden State's favored to win this uh, as far as Vegas goes. And obviously they were, you know, playing for championships not too long ago with kind of their own big three. And uh, they really impressed everyone this year just showing up and uh, Steph kind of getting back in Steph form. He had that game at the Garden everyone was watching on TNT back in like, what, November, I guess, uh, or early December. I forget when it was. Uh, maybe it was January. I really don't know, but he obviously broke uh, the three-point record. So he's got the most ever. That's pretty amazing. And he's got a lot of playoff experience, a lot of championship experience. And this series is the Western Conference you know, championship. So I like Steph for this, but if Luka can manage to do it, this might be the time of the Don. Don Cheech, not from the Godfather, but but Luka Doncic, and he's uh, looking really good, man. Look, I don't know. This is this could go seven games. I kind of want to take the Warriors in six just because that kind of volatility we're seeing from Dallas, uh, at least in, in round, you know, against the Suns. Um, but if they can show up like they did in game seven and guys like, you know, Jalen Brunson can uh, – put up some numbers i don't know i don't know i i think it uh, could well go seven and the maps could win in seven but i think if they don't show up if dallas for whatever reason takes a couple games off like they kind of did maybe uh in the phoenix series you'd say if that happens you know it could easily be warriors in five but i think that they're going to show up i think that uh, Sunday probably meant something to them, something to prove, something to show. And for that reason, I think it'll go seven games. Uh, and uh, but, I, but I will kind of hesitate to put them with the W because, you know, Steph being Steph uh, and that potential. So, yeah, I, I think I think my best prediction tells me seven games and Warriors. But like I said, Dallas taking a couple days off, maybe just one, doesn't matter. Um, it could be over in five or six. Um, but if it goes seven, I really think um, it will be in Golden State, so that's a huge advantage, I think, uh, playing in the uh, new arena there. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of like the Warriors in seven regardless, but you never know. If Dallas really shows up to play, um, it's crazy. It's crazy to think they could win it in, in six games, you know, and that would be in Dallas, so they would – you know, that would be huge. But I don't know. I don't know that it'll happen. But a Dallas fan can help. I don't know that I'm a Dallas fan. You know, I've, I I remember watching years ago when they were in the finals, um, you know, back with Dirk. And it was like Dirk Nowitzki against uh, Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal. This is a long time ago. Was it Shaquille O'Neal? I believe it was. Uh, still with the, with the Heat. And in that series, I thought for sure uh, they were going to win this one for Dirk. And... Um, they did, I believe. So uh, it's amazing what a big man does to a Mavericks basketball team, just historically in the playoffs. So that is kind of what I'm looking at uh, trend-wise. If that's a trend, I don't know. Um, but uh, that, that that series really is is more of a toss-up than, than anything. But, yeah, I, I think Golden State probably would be the more conservative guess just based on playoff dependability. Um, and so, yeah, Steph Curry, uh, that's my answer for that one. All right. Um, tomorrow will be game two of Miami and Boston. Like I said, Boston getting past, 
the Bucks and the Bucks. Uh, I was pretty surprised by it myself, but you know, both of these teams had a great year in the Eastern Conference, and there really wasn't that strong team um, that just like stood out this year. I mean, last year was probably the Bucks and, and the Nets, right? Um, and for you know a minute, the Knicks looked really good, and and certainly Atlanta, after, especially after beating the Knicks. And then we thought this year maybe uh, Philadelphia, right? And they're you know obviously not still around, so. Uh, this one is interesting to me because Miami was just kind of like that sneaky, consistent team in the East you, that no one really, you know, I mean, Jimmy Butler, yeah, what can you say? But but no one really strikes you as like a premier uh, talent. I mean, there are some, but but they're just not like, you know, there's, there's no Giannis's, there's no Steph Curry's on the Heat, really, or the Celtics either. So I just think uh, this series, both kind of consistent teams in the in the east this year it's really hard for me to say who's going to win the series but i i will um i will think i will think i'm tempted to think that uh that uh, the heat having the home court advantage in the first couple of games and then obviously they would have game seven um and they won last night yeah that's a given i know but it's like Okay, you know, Miami, if they've been sneaky all year and, and Boston had to work extra hard to get past Milwaukee, um, my mind tells me that the Heat are probably good for a six-game win, six-game series win, and that would be – would that be in Boston technically, though? I don't know. Maybe they'll do it in seven. Maybe they'll do it in six. Uh, but I like the Heat here. I'm sure Portnoy – um, is going to say the Celtics and, and five still. But uh, it's just interesting that um, Boston has has been able to play the, the brand they have uh, because they've struggled so much at like different points of the year and just like games that um, looked like an easy Celtics W and they just didn't show up, kind of like the Mavericks. But I don't know. I, I guess – uh, you wouldn't expect that from a Brad Stevens coach team, maybe. So um, this time of year, he'll be really tested as a young coach in the NBA, um, and where Eric Spolster has some, you know, for sure, really good experience this time of year. Um, this could be his series, and and like I said, I think they could do it in six, but um, for sure, probably by seven. However, the Celtics, if they play anywhere near. As good as they played against the Bucks, I mean they've obviously got a, a huge chance. Um, tough, tough to tell this one, but I really think uh, Miami and we'll say we'll say six. Okay, enough about that. Let's move on to what I saw over the weekend, which I know it's like the middle of the week now, but um, kind of a fun fact: the Dodgers had not lost uh, five in a row. Well, they still haven't because. They didn't because they got some timely hits in the bottom of the ninth uh, Sunday afternoon. But they had not lost five in a row since like 2018. And they almost did. But Sunday they came back and won, so they only lost four in a row. But um, Bryce Harper and the Phillies came in and played um, played the Dodgers really well at Dodger Stadium. And and before that, they uh, the Dodgers uh, had just come from Pittsburgh where they didn't look like themselves at all. So just when you're about to hit the panic button for Dodger fans, uh, they're looking better uh, this week already, uh, probably thanks to that Sunday night game. Now, I think they uh, – how did they do? 
uh, yesterday? They did one yesterday, and they were off Monday. No, they uh, they. What did they do Monday? They did lose. No, they won. They have now won three, four in a row, and they'll go for five today. Walker Bueller on the mound, so I'm probably going to uh, switch it over to Sportsnet LA, otherwise known as MLB Network, if you're not in uh, Southern California. But Walker Bueller, what can you say? Um, I was thinking about it, uh, too. I've, I've been announcing on Twitter this uh, in this young MLB season so far, just like the... Uh, the days, because there were, it was like this last year, too, where you have all these aces um, from different teams, obviously, uh, just just the best pitchers in baseball, and they all seem to go on the same day or night, whatever. And uh, there's it was a trend at the beginning of the year, because obviously it is, because that's opening day starters are named. And so opening day starters, once those are named, that's kind of set the rotation. So they just happen to all kind of fall on the same day uh, when they're pitching again. And so on and so forth. But like today, you see uh, Max Scherzer, he'll pitch against Jordan Hicks. So I, I guess they split the uh, doubleheader yesterday. So today, um, oh, it's a four game series. So it won't be the rubber game. Um, but the Cardinals uh, would like to get this win. They're 20 and 16. The Mets are 24 and 14. Now, for Max Scherzer, he's still an ace. He is their ace because DeGrom's uh, not quite there yet, I guess, right? Um, has a little bit of an injury, so Max Scherzer four and one, two point six six ERA. Will face Jordan Hicks. Uh, Hicks definitely, uh, definitely not the Cardinals ace, but Miles Michaelis for sure could be. Dakota Hudson looked really good on Saturday. I was watching that game on Saturday. Really impressed by Dakota Hudson, uh, but Miles Michaelis is probably their ace right now until they get Mister Flaherty back. Of course, you got old Uncle Charlie uh, pitched really well Sunday night. Uh, that was a ESPN game, I believe. That was a really good game. For the Cardinals' offense, they just really um, came to came to light, and and just Albert getting in there, closing the game out with a couple pitches. He was on the mound. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen him pitch besides maybe a long time ago when he was a Cardinal, and maybe one of his first few seasons. I don't I don't know. It was like um, the last game I was at, where a position player was pitching was uh, was at Wrigley Field, and they put Anthony Rizzo. The Cubs did uh, Joe Madden put Anthony Rizzo in to close a game kind of like that one just a blowout game I think the Cubs were up like uh eight to one or something on Arizona back in like 2018 or something and Joe Madden put uh put Anthony Rizzo in a pitch and he uh struck out the side no I don't think he struck out the side but he uh he pitched well and big Al uh Albert Pujols pitched really well Friday night as weird as that is to say, but uh, Adam Wainwright's still doing his thing. He's a veteran ace. Whenever he pitches and there's other aces that are going that day, I uh, especially if it's Madison Bumgarner, that's kind of funny because they're both veteran aces. So or Zach Ranky or whatever, you get the point. Um, but this year, this seems to be uh, right now the kind of the itinerary where every day the Bueller pitches. Who it was like you know what second last year in Cy Young voting. Um, and probably has a chance to get up there this year again. He's got a 2.76 ERA. He's also 4-1. and one. Um, And uh, they take on the Diamondbacks Dodger Stadium uh, going on this afternoon. And uh, Garrett Cole is part of this Aces Day uh, itinerary too. Every, every time Bueller goes, it seems that Scherzer goes. And, yes, Garrett Cole goes. So, uh, And we weren't sure, by the way, if Garrett Cole was an ace. 
He's proven himself the past few games by far. He's 3-0 with a 2.95 ERA on the season so far. I didn't even see who was pitching uh, for Milwaukee today, but they have a couple really good uh, pitchers up there. And Max Fried is pitching. See, this is the itinerary. It's Max Fried, Garrett Cole, Walker Bueller, and Max Scherzer. Right? Max Fried, Garrett Cole, Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer. Max Fried, Walker Bueller, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer. Yes. Okay. That's four. And uh, who's who's on the Brew Crew? Brew Crew pitcher. Oh, it's Burns. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Could really, could really add him to the equation, too. He, he really is an ace. He's 27 years old. Um, from Bakersfield, this guy pitched at uh, St. Mary's out there. Um, goes by Burnsy. Fun fact. Uh, yeah. This is his uh, fifth year, I believe, now. Um, the Cy Young candidate year was last year. Uh, he did not uh, get the votes like Bueller did or anything like that, but he did finish 11-5 a season ago with a 2.43 ERA. That's not a COVID year. That's 2021. So that's pretty good. It's 28 games. Um, how many? So 28 starts, I should say, and 11. So a lot of no decisions. Probably really what hurt his uh, – his candidacy for a Cy Young, but he's definitely an ace. I would say Corbin Burns is their ace. Yeah, you could say Woodruff, but but or is it Woodruff? Woodruff? Yeah, I believe it is. Um, but I think Corbin Burns is really their guy. Um, and some other pitchers today. Not really anybody else. Uh, Otani. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course, it is a veteran's ace. Look at this, Granky against Giolito tonight in Kansas City White Sox Royals. Giolito two and one, two point seven ERA. Yeah, he's a bit of an ace. Um, I would say that he he probably is the White Sox ace. In fact, you know, Keuchel has probably pitched the best uh, as far as their pitching goes early on. Maybe Michael Kopech. Uh, I haven't seen them a whole lot at the White Sox, but I've seen enough uh, out of Kopech to suggest that, yeah, he could be an ace one day. But Giolito um, really was this team's ace, even when the shortened season was there and they got into the playoffs. Um, everyone was talking about, hey, did you hear about that Giolito guy? He went to the same high school, uh, Harvard-Westlake, with, with Max Freed and Jack Flaherty. Have you, heard, have you seen this Giolito guy? I'm like, yeah, he almost, you know, he almost threw a no-hitter. So, uh, or maybe he did. He probably, he, probably, he probably did, yeah. So uh, he's really good, and uh, he's pitching today, and so is the marvelous uh, Shohei Otani. I don't know why I said marvelous. Because uh, he, he hits any pitches that's kind of, you know, Unique at this time, where there's a DH in both leagues now. So yeah, Otani's on the mound, Giolito's on the mound, Granky, Veteranes, and uh, the rest. Eh, no one really cares. That ugly Snell guy for the Padres, <laughs> ugly Snell guy. I think uh, it was whatever the Dodgers and uh, no, yeah, it was because he was on the Rays then. Snell was a Ray when the Dodgers beat the uh, Rays in the World Series, but Snell was. Pitching and the sports radio in LA was just making fun of uh, kind of how uh, you know uh, Snell looks, just how he looks. Which I guess they could make fun of that because uh, it's kind of a funny picture. If you saw him, you'd know what I'm saying. Nothing against Snell. I don't know him personally. He's probably a great guy. But uh, anyway, Padres doing much better this year than last year, and uh, this is what I'm talking about. Attendances 
that aren't what people expected. There's many teams like the Oakland Athletics, Tampa Bay Rays. They can't really draw anybody. Um, Toronto's having trouble drawing people. Well, they've got the Maple Leafs or did have the Leafs in the playoffs. Um, and then, you know, there's there's like Seattle isn't drawing very well, but not crazy below normal like at all. It's basically what you'd expect in Seattle. Um, so there's just some attendance issues. People are, uh, especially in the Bay Area with the athletics, though, that's like the big one. It's like, why aren't they drawing at all? Uh, they're getting a brand new stadium, I guess, uh, in a couple of years, maybe. I don't know if they voted on it. They, they did. It's already in the works. I'm not going to speak to something I really don't know about, but I'm, I've, I'm hearing that they might get a new stadium soon. So if they do, uh, that should be very exciting for them. Um, yeah, uh, why... Why Why the Padres keep leading uh, the league in attendance? Well, they don't, but it, I think what I meant to say is it's just uh, on a nightly basis when the Dodgers, especially when the Dodgers aren't in Los Angeles, so they when the Dodgers do not have a home game, uh, the biggest, the highest attendances have been at Padres games um, as far as just around the league in general. Um, I, Atlanta's up there almost every night. The Yankees... When they're at home, the Cardinals, anytime they're at home, and the Padres. So kind of a surprise, really, because, you know, they really underperformed last year. They went out and spent a lot of money, made some, you know, great acquisitions, um, basically made Tatis their uh, franchise player, Tatis Jr., not Tatis Sr. Um, but, uh, you know, that's a really good team out there. Manny Machado, of course, uh, now he's been there, what, four years? So or this will be his fourth year over there. Yeah, I, I just think at, at 23 and 13, uh, the best division in baseball is the National League West. And at, at 23 and 13, the Padres are kind of right where they want to be, I would say. Um, and the Dodgers are too. Uh, but the surprises have really been how good the Rockies have played. Um, and the Giants, you know, they didn't really come to play over the weekend in St. Louis, but... They're still kind of right there, 22 and 14. And then, uh, you know, the D-backs aren't doing too bad themselves. So uh, they're 18 and 20, a couple games under 500. And they might taper off as the year goes on. Uh, so too might the Rocks. But, yeah, I mean, the NL West, eh, looking around the league, this is uh, this is really the toughest division for sure because these D-backs and these Rockies, they're, they're not teams that are just going to uh, – you know, play themselves out of it by June this year. You know, like they're they're still uh, very good teams that could beat anybody uh, almost any night. So, yeah, I know West has been interesting. I've been watching a lot of baseball out there. Um, the Braves and Brewers just played one another, and that was a really good series. Now they're playing each other, uh, one another again in Milwaukee right now. Um, and the, I was thinking that would be a playoff uh, potential. You know, if the Brewers have the year they did you know, the past few, really, uh, depending on, you know, what happens with the NL Central. Looks like for sure the Cubs and um, Pirates and and Reds and uh, probably aren't going to quite be there with, with the Cardinals and the Brewers, but you never know. Um, like I said, the Cubs might just surprise a lot of people, just able to compile some wins, having some, some decent team chemistry and um, playing smart and, and guys just fighting for their spots, basically, so they stay in the majors and uh, have some trade value at the very least. That's kind of what I see this year with the Cubs. And I, I think they could actually win a lot of games, but um, 
yeah, I mean, the front runners obviously Brew Crew and Cards. And um, both of those series, by the way, the Brew Crew uh, taking on the Braves and the Cards uh, in Flushing taking on the Mets, two really good potential playoff series. And, uh, you know, one from the Central, one from the East. Um, I would say those are like the two top teams in the respective divisions, the uh, National League East and Central. Um, and, but the Phillies have played really well, too. I mean, they, Joe Girardi led Phillies. Uh, they're not quite 500, but, you know, they played the Dodgers really good over the weekend, and they've looked really good in some games that I've seen so far. Um, you know, I think it was huge to get Kyle Schwarber and, you know, Harper still Bryce Harper. So, anyway, uh, it's a little bit of baseball for now. Uh, it's good to see Coles and Ace again. Uh, my top five teams, uh, yeah, just real quickly, uh, Real quickly, I, I think for sure it's got to be the Yankees I, um, at number one. And I saw over the weekend, not not the best series. Going back and editing this. Okay. Number five, uh, it's got to be the Yankees because I saw them over the weekend. They looked good at times. Sometimes, like, uh, the White Sox offense just came back out of nowhere. And uh, for the glue, even though uh, you would probably say the bullpen – thus far in the year for the Yankees, even though that has really been their glue, um, you know, there's been times when an offense can get to them. So, and the White Sox have a good offense when the White Sox do have a really good offense when they want to show up, but um, they haven't really all been there uh, hot at the same time offensively. And, and so, uh, but they did at certain times of that series. So um, kind of a question mark for the Yankees is, is how is that bullpen going to do throughout the remainder of the season? So I think that's a kind of, you know, even though they've been so good already, and it's like Chapman's lights out, we get it. Uh, Tyone, um, uh, Tyone. I don't know why I'm talking about Tyone, um, but no, I mean, I just think getting the Chapman could be an obstacle. There's uh, certain starters that, uh, you know, like Nestor Cortez has been a real surprise, been huge for them. Um, I just, I don't know. We're gonna see how their pitching staff goes because we know they can hit. They're you know, Judge, contract year, he's going to hit. Uh, Stanton, it's like when they both homer, what are they, like 23-1? and one? I mean, it's ridiculous. So I think they're uh, easily – they could be the best. But I'm going to say the number five this week. Uh, number four, number four, I would actually say because the Dodgers lost, you know, a few over the weekend to Philadelphia before that and Pittsburgh kind of had some blunders offensively. Um and just you know maybe not having uh, the 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 health that Clayton Kershaw's enjoyed well at times uh, in years past maybe there's just some health issues maybe they're just you know not really focused on on May as they shouldn't be they're focused on October and uh, but you got to get to October so and that's the toughest division in baseball by far so I think they have a really uh, tough task this year just to kind of play. Dodger baseball as they've been playing it, um, you know, without guys like AJ Pollock, who's super clutch for them, uh, now on the south side of Chicago. Now there's uh Tony LaRusso's White Sox. So yeah, I, I think uh, it could be ups and downs at times for the Dodgers, but they're gonna figure it out because they always do, or they have at least the past, you know, six, seven years. And uh, I think they're good for four this week. Um probably have a better 
well, have a better uh, June than they did in May just because they've had a few losses. But they're still 24-12. and 12. Can't really complain about that uh, if you're a Dodger fan. That's uh, pretty good. Number three, uh, what a weekend over a really good Giants team, that same Giants team that, you know, uh, the Dodgers outlasted in the NLDS last year. Um, the Giants team that just was, like, so consistent all year, won a lot of games last year, over 100 wins. Um, they came into St. Louis, didn't look so great against the Cardinals. No, Cardinals did really good over the weekend. Dakota Hudson, real, uh, was just super surprised by him. They don't even have Jack Flaherty. They're said to be ace, right? And they're still 20-16 and 16 right now. So very good uh, for the Cardinals over the weekend. Awesome, again, to see, like I said, uh, certain guys and, and just that nostalgia that we feel with Pujols back and, and Yachty and uh, Wayno still doing their thing. Um, yeah, I would have to say Cardinals right now, number three, uh, as far as, uh, the last, last week's concerned, uh, ahead of the Cardinals at number two, I would actually say the New York Mets. Now the Mets, uh, haven't looked as good the past couple days. Well, they're playing the Cardinals. So, uh, that's a really good series. Could be a playoff series. Rivalry could be back rivalry that was huge in the 80s before i was born but it's kind of reignited maybe in 2006 2004 2005 2006 when the mets were very good when david wright was a met when jose reyes was a met when francisco k rod rodriguez was a met um and just whoever else was a met i don't know i don't know who was a met uh but there's a few really good mets on those teams and uh yadi had a really clutch home run and then the cardinals went on to win the World Series, 2006, and many, I guess, younger Mets fans, like a little younger than me, don't even realize the, well, I guess the rivalry from the 80s, first of all, but they don't realize that 2004, 2005, 2006, those years uh, for, for both the Mets and the Cardinals were both really, you know, those were some good years uh, for that kind of reigniting uh, that rivalry, and I think this year, with especially with the benches clearing and the whole, you know, throwing at Arenado thing in St. Louis, and so it's kind of back. It's kind of back, and ensures they're the St. Louis kid now. You know, the ace of the Mets uh, until Degrom is uh, until Degrom is back and healthy anyway. So I think, uh, yeah, they're really good. I'm gonna say the number two right now, trending uh, over the course of the last. 10 days, and Scherzer's on the mound tonight, actually, like I said, uh, facing Jordan Hicks. So uh, Jordan Hicks called up from Memphis or wherever he came from, not sure, but um, he hasn't been in the pros that long. He's filled like a pretty good like fifth starter role for the Cardinals. I don't really know. I haven't seen him pitch too, too much, but I've listened to it on the radio. Yeah, I still listen to the MLB app when I'm cruising around and uh, you know, I just want to listen to games on the radio. I'll uh, check out a few innings, and he sounded like he's pitched pretty good. Sometimes he hasn't got a lot of run support. Other times, um, you know, he has like a one or two bad innings, and, you know, just one or two runs will be the difference. So really not the worst ERA for a fifth starter, 4.15, uh, but you could see, you know, why they'd want to get him back out there um, and keep starting him, at least until Flaherty gets back. Uh, but he's 1-3 right now. As of course Scherzer is four and one, so with that uh, should be a great series. I think they're the second hottest team, the Mets, and then the third hottest are the Cardinals right now. Number one, um, actually, gonna surprise some people. Maybe I don't know. 
Did I uh did I mention the Padres? I'm uh didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so I said Yankees five, Dodgers four, Cardinals three, uh Mets two, and Padres one. Yes. We're uh National League National League centric. I don't know. It's just because they're all good in the National League. I don't know what to say. Like there's not with the Red Sox not playing too well. Yeah, the Astros look really good, but they I don't watch a lot of Astro games. Um, they could easily be like in the top five probably any week. Um, if I continue to pick the top five every week, I'm sure they'll be in there weeks ahead. But I haven't seen a lot of Astro games. I don't know. And maybe they just started out really well, but they haven't played you know too terribly well the last five days or something. I don't know. But for me, for me, from what I've seen, Padres got to be got to be number one because they've got the players, they've got the fans in the stands. Uh, they're selling out almost every night in San Diego. It's like when the Dodgers don't have a home game, when the Cardinals don't have a home game, the number one uh, highest attendance in baseball is generally the Padres uh, this year, which is weird. Like years past, they would not have been. Uh, but yeah, take the Dodgers uh, on the road anywhere, or the Cardinals on the road anywhere, or I, I guess you could say the same for the Yankees and uh, Braves too. Can, can really draw. Um, it's like yeah, you know the Padres getting uh, thirty five thousand or whatever it is average a night. It's pretty good. Um, so uh, and they're an exciting you know team to watch. Can they? keep it up i don't know that's the biggest question for them is like 23 and 13 they're sitting kind of right where they want to be not in beverly hills that's where i want to be no that's weezer song um but i think the padres are really good last year they fell short of everybody's expectations i mean everybody especially their fans but this year i think um could be a big year for them and that's really a very very tough division the national league west of course I don't know, man. Right now, they're number one to me. Uh, and like I said, the Astros probably should be in the top five, but I didn't put them in there. Uh, but yeah, for me right now, Yankees are five, Dodgers are four, Cardinals three, Mets two, and Padres one. So that's my five hot teams this week in Major League Baseball. What's yours? I don't know why I'm asking that. I don't know how you're going to answer me. But, uh, <laughs> uh you know, you could uh, leave me a comment uh, on Twitter or something. You could follow me always at Who Cares Right, uh, with a little thing on the bottom uh, underscore after right, um, and um, always on there talking about MLB attendance. I've been kind of close to every other night or every three nights or something. I just look at around the league the attendance. I've been doing this kind of consistently this season so far. Just kind of looking at uh, who's drawing and who's not. Just like I said, a couple trends with, you know, the A's not really drawing a lot, and um, you know the Pirates are not drawing a lot at all. The Twins not drawing very well, uh, and and Baltimore is terrible. Uh, even with the Yankees there, they just can't really get too many. But Rami was there the other night. Shout out to Rami. Hope he's doing well. Um, and uh, that's that's by the way, that's such a good perk of living in Baltimore because it's so close to Philly and. Um, you get all the um, good teams coming into town, like to play the Orioles, and it's like it's got to be cheap to go to Camden Yards at this point uh, when the team's not very good. But they're not a bad team at all, actually. In the AL East, um, you know, put them in any other division, and they're you know basically a third place team. So at least. So anyway, um, just what I've seen. I'm, I'm counting down the, the top three attendances a lot of nights. I'm 
tweeting a lot about baseball, tweeting a lot about life and the economy. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, any NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, a lot of playoffs. We'll see how many Game 7s we get in this round, man. I tell you, that was a crazy, crazy weekend in sports. I just uh, so fortunate uh, to be able to watch, just decompress for a little bit and watch some sports. It's so meditating for me, uh, especially baseball, because I guess maybe the slower pace. Hockey's kind of like a boys' night out, and, and that's been really fun. So anyway, kicking it in Chicago for now. going to figure out my summer, and uh, as I do that, I now have to uh, get off the mic and yield to the senator from Minnesota. hope everyone's having a good week, and uh, God bless. Good times.